Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 81. Today, I'll be interviewing Elizabeth Sauter, author of Making Social Learning Stick. Elizabeth Sauter is a licensed speech and language pathologist and co-director and co-owner of Communication Works, a private practice providing speech, language, and social social therapy in the San Francisco Bay Area. She has worked with preschool to adult clients and their families since 1996 in private practice, schools, and hospitals. She has also co-authored two popular children's books about whole body listening, whole body listening Larry at home and whole body listening Larry at school. Her most recent book, Make Social and and Emotional Learning Stick, Practical Activities to Help Your Child Manage Emotions, Navigate Social Situations and Reduce Anxiety, offers nearly 200 activities to help kids navigate the social world at home and in the community. Elizabeth wrote the book to provide parents and caregivers with practical tools for building social regulation skills in settings outside of schools, at meals, while doing tours, and on holidays, outings, and other special occasions. So thank you so much for being here, Elizabeth. I'm excited for you to talk about your your most recent book and also just some other work that you've done as well that I know we're going to talk about at the end. I'm really excited to be here too. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And also just before we start, what's the best way for people to be able to connect with you? Probably just going to my website, make stick.com. And from there you can, I do a lot on social media as well, like sharing things and whatnot, but that's where you can see the blog and all the other work that I've done. Okay, great. So the first thing I want to talk about is your is your book, um, Make Social and Emotional Learning Stick, because um, I thought it was, you know, I think really parent friendly. Um, and I just really like the way it's organized. So I think let's start out just for anyone who doesn't know about the book. If you could just describe the book a little bit and also how it differs from the first version. Absolutely. So Um, I wrote the first edition, Make Social Learning Stick, many years ago when I um, was working at our private center in Oakland, California, where we did a lot of social groups and, um, you know, working on conversation and regulation and, you know, thinking about others and whatnot. And what we found is that this, this work really couldn't be left on the shoulders of the children. And there were little mini, I had the fortune of working with parents because they were dropping their kids off. And so they were in the waiting room and having these little mini support groups. And so what we started to do is take a portion of the session and train the parents in how they could sprinkle this into their natural life. And outside of the, you know, 45 minute hour long sessions where we were having so much fun with the kids. Um, And so the parents were like, this was great. They were, you know, practicing different activities at dinner and the car. And, and they said, you know, will you start writing a blog or write a book? And I didn't know how to do that at all, but I decided to start doing, you know, writing a little bit here and there. And then I had my own children and that, you know, 
made me a better therapist and realizing how much is involved in having children at home. And so I started writing about how I was using this with my own children as well. And um, what I found was, with, and I have two children, two boys now 14 and 17 who have additional complex needs themselves. And what I found was even they were going to therapy and learning a lot and whatnot, but like when the, the activities were coming home, it was just piling up on the kitchen counter and I wasn't really filling out the worksheets or, you know, reading all the curriculum or all the things that I was told that would be helpful for me to learn as well. But what I did find what was helpful is to sprinkle it into what I was already doing. So I would figure out ways to you know attain what they needed and you know, similar to what we were teaching at our center. And then, you know, just embedded into cooking with them or getting ready for school or, you know, when I was hanging out with them in the car and all these different ways to embed social, emotional learning and executive functioning. And so that's why I wrote the book. The second edition And so the book is actually not like a read cover to cover book. It's more like a kind of an activity book where there are over 200 activities divided into sections of home, community, holidays, special events, and then bridging home and school. And on each of the, in each of those sections, there's pages on like starting your day or engaging with peers or sorry, engaging with siblings and play with peers or neighborhood friends. And then you know, art activities and dinner time and kitchen time and bath time and all those different things that we're doing with our kids already. So there's activities on those pages that just help parents understand how they can just tweak their language and um, and use those activities as teachable moments to infuse social emotional learning and executive functioning. So just a question. So like, like what's your target... Um kind of group like for parents like just to know if the the book is appropriate for like for them and their family like what what would you like what's a typical kind of child or I'm sure it took a lot of different kind of kids but maybe yeah definitely well my I work with a lot of parents who have kids with nuance-based social emotional executive function challenges so like ADHD autism sensory processing um, and some of the kids have a diagnosis of autism and ADHD and sensory processing disorder and anxiety and whatnot, and some don't. Um, and so I would say that it's, you know, preschool to early teen um, age kids, parents with those age kids who are um, struggling in different ways to maybe have, make friends, to get their homework done. Maybe they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and anxious. Um, but I've also had parents who are just really, you know, positive parenting and conscious parenting and want to have different ideas to how to infuse this into their everyday life. Because realistically, with all the stress that we have going on in our world right now, all parents need this for themselves and to be able to support their kids because it's just overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. Just, I also just think that like, even, you know, I just going currently through the pandemic, I just feel like the, the social emotional effects yep. that for kids having so many different changes. And then now going back to school um, for the fall, I know some kids have already gone back um, some kids going back soon. 
So I just, you know, I found the tips, you know, also as a parent to be really easy to do and it wasn't overwhelming. Um, and I was hoping you could talk because I know that you discussed this in your book in the beginning of the book, the wise model. So I was hoping mm-hmm. you could go through that and tell people what that is and what it stands uh, for. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things that's different about the book is that we have, I, I just have learned so much over the years and been trained in mindfulness and done a lot of like my own self-care. Um, and, you know, early on, I was all about strategies, you know, like tools and regulation strategies and social skills and strategies. Um, and my kids were, you know, over the years starting to get annoyed with me. And like, I would, even, I caught myself one time even saying like, oh, research says, you know, like we should practice this, that kind of thing. And they, I found myself, I call myself like a strategy saleswoman, like they slam the door in <laughs> my face. And, um, and so well, I, um, I partnered actually recently, just about a year ago, a couple of years ago, actually with Rebecca Brandsetter. She is a school psychologist and an expert in executive functioning. And we wanted to put our both of our work together and make an online course for parents. So that's the Make It Stick Parenting course. If you, if you're, um, if you see on my website, there's a free webinar and information about the course and community that we support. Um, and within that course, it's a pathway where we sort of guide parents and support them. And like kind of, you know, there's so much information out there. It can be completely overwhelming. So we wanted to really streamline and provide parents what they need um, in a simple, accessible way. And the start of that is we we talk about the WISE model. So the what it stands for is wisdom, intentionality, self-care, and then you can sprinkle on the everyday strategies because we're always, you know, looking for the magic bullet with our kids, but realistically, there's so much more underneath that if you're thinking about a bottom-up approach. And so the wisdom stands for, there's actually three things for wisdom. And that is knowing your own inner wisdom and what's going on with your child. Like really as parents, tapping into what we can see and feel and know um, that our children need. Um, And then also tapping into their wisdom. Kids have so much wisdom if we just collaborate with them and ask them, you know, I noticed this, what's going on? And um, check in with them. And then also the wisdom of professionals that you um, trust in your community and on your team. So finding that wisdom to be able to figure out what, how to support your child is the first. Then the intentionality is just being able to not feel paralyzed and putting your head under the rug and just thinking it's going to be all okay. But there's things that we can do in terms of being conscious parents and reflecting on how it's going and just coming back to um, your own values and what you know can be helpful. Um, and then this, the S is self-care because we, it's a huge part of our, um, the course, the online course and community. And then I put this in the book as well is just taking care of yourself because we can't pour from an empty cup as we know. And, um, being able to take care of ourselves is also contagious with our children because the more we can share our calm versus our chaos, the easier it is for them to be able to, Um, regulate and then access the social skills that they need and the executive functioning to navigate their worlds. 
Um, and then last comes the everyday strategies, which my book is filled with. It's just wanting to make sure that the foundation is there first to know what to do with the wisdom, have the intentionality to do it, taking care of yourself first and foremost, and not being overwhelmed by too much information and whatever else is going on in your world. And then you can sprinkle in these everyday strategies, which I hope the everyday strategies also include self-care and uh, regulation for you and your children. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think it's so great for you to mention that because you can't implement strategies when you feel overwhelmed and you're not yeah. taking care of yourself, you know? Yep. Um, so just as a question for the parenting course, is that, does it start at a certain date or it's just individual to how you sign up? Like, how does that work? It's ongoing actually. Um, and there's a free like little mini webinar that we have on my website it's like 20 minutes long that goes over some mindsets and some good strategies there. So parents can go over there. It's on the toolbar. I'm actually working on my website a little bit, but it's on the toolbar right now. And it'll pop you over Generation Mindful, who I partnered with because um, we have very much shared mission in building emotionally and socially healthy world. Um, and so the, the course is housed over there. So if you watch that, actually, there's a way to get a discount on the course. And I, what I wanted to do was make it accessible. So it's, you can, it's self-paced and um, accessible to all parents all the time. And then we have quarterly calls where we do um, group coaching. So you can hop on over and watch the modules at your own pace. They're super short little videos within each module. There's eight. Um, and it just sort of guides you on this path of building social, emotional, and executive functioning using 10 universal strategies. And the WISE model is one of the first ones. So so um, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was about bridging the gap between home and school, because I think that's a really important thing to talk about just going back to school. I think that's one of the things that parents struggle with. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, kind of being in touch with school. Am I in touch too much or how am I able to carry over some of those skills that the kids learn in school and bringing it to home. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, just maybe some like quick strategies that you, let's say maybe get parents to start with. Yeah. And I'm actually doing a back to school special tomorrow. So this is top, top of mind. Great. Um, A training tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, um, which will be able to be recorded. So people are listening to this later. I'll have the recording. Um, so I, in the book, actually, the first edition did not have a section on school. And that was one of the big reasons why I wanted to change it and add that because, you know, I was thinking about this is just for parents at home, but I'm sorry, like I'm a parent with two kids in um, um, special education. They both have an IEP. And so much of what I'm doing is is navigating between both home and school. And same with teachers. I want that to be a partnership. And I talk about that all the time. So I added that to this book. Um, and one of the main things that I'm going to be talking about tomorrow in this training is priming and predictability and planning ahead. Um, and even if your kids have gone back to school already, this you're, it's not too late. We can always do this. And um, I like to do it if you have older kids who can be part of the process is just helping them think about what their needs are themselves and what would be helpful to plan for. So 
You can role play various situations, definitely going to the school. I have middle school and high school kids. So like, you know, walking the classrooms and just, you know, thinking about like, oh, well, this is where I've sat before for lunch. And this is where we, you know, can hang out over here for, this is where the PE area is. And just like helping them figure out where to go. Um, It's funny, actually, uh, my son was at his middle school for a couple of years before he even knew that there was a anonymous bully like box or whatever, like where you can give feedback of what's happening at school. And, um, and he's like, that would have been really helpful for like the situation that happened to me in the locker room. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't even know that happened. So just like even showing him where that place is a safe area and talking to his counselors, um, and just setting them up for success in that way. Another thing that I have, uh, added into this edition of the book is a a sample letter that parents can write to teachers in terms of uh, talking about their kids' strengths. I'm huge on a strengths-based approach, which basically means is focusing on what your kid does well um, versus what they're what they're strong at versus what's all wrong. Like who wants to talk about all their deficits all the time and um, all the things that they need to do better. And so let's let's focus on strengths. And so um, making the the teachers aware of all the strengths and then maybe some of the things that you're focusing on and working at home um, then, and some of the triggers, some of the resources that you know might be helpful. So that's a a sample letter in there as well. Um, And then also just thinking about ways because it will, kids are going to be dysregulated, whether it's in the morning before you go to school or during school, whatever it might be. So really working on that check-in um, either the night before, morning of, or both and um, the school day. And then just thinking about teaching your kid how to do um, feel-good breaks. So like, you know, figuring out what's in their toolbox of um, things that make them feel regulated. So whether that's you know, chewing crunchy food or um, having a water bottle that they can have with them and, and sucking on that. Um, so much uh, nerves in the oral cavity. So just thinking about ways they can chew gum or do chair push-ups or wall pushes or get some fresh air, whatever that might be, have a go-to person where they talk to that person. Setting those things up for success is what we're talking about a lot. Um, and then also to setting the environment up for success. So at home, um, doing their backpack reorganization, making a zone for homework, um, having that mental image of what the day is going to look like, what their week is going to look like. On Sundays at our house, we do family meetings where we plan our schedule for the week. Um, And just there's so many different strategies, as you can see. And that's why it's like sectioned out into different different activities that you can do with your kids and different events that can be helpful. Yeah. And I just also feel like that's really important because we talk about so much like younger kids, but I actually feel like it's even more important for the older kids because as kids get older, sometimes, you know, I feel like as a parent, we get like less involved in school because the kids become more independent, um, you know, in their classwork or they have different, lots of different teachers. So, you know, I always feel like as the kids get older, it's still so important to connect with, teachers and people and their team that they're working with in school. Um, so. Yeah, 100%. And just to let them 
like I have, my boys are very different. One's a total extrovert and knows how to advocate for himself and, and make relationships. The other one's a complete introvert and, you know, doesn't really, it gets really uncomfortable talking to teachers. So just helping them figure that out. And then also talking to the teachers and letting them know, actually my um, younger son, the one that's more of introverted, his resource teacher had him send an email to all of his teachers and to sort of say, these are the things that are helpful for me. You know, handwriting is really hard. It makes my hand hurt. He's got dysgraphia. And, um, and just letting them know is just a huge part of building a relationship because some teachers might, you know, not understand their areas of struggle and therefore potentially ask them to do things that might make it harder for them. I think we all know that teachers are great to to have the student actually write the teacher an email. Yeah. Um, Because sometimes it could also be hard for kids to talk directly to a teacher. And Mm -hmm. sometimes if writing an email or writing a letter or whatever it is, like could maybe a little bit, be a little bit easier because you gather your thoughts a little bit better. Um, I think that's also would be really, really helpful. Yeah. And we know that teachers are, in this because they love children and they want to help. And so, you know, just providing them with that information to help um, them build that relationship because a relationship is key. So, uh, you know, I talk about, you know, having baked goods for teachers and, um, you know, showing that appreciation because it's not an easy job, especially nowadays. Uh, And like whatever we can do to help we know that that's what they're there for is to help. So if we can make it easier as parents, um, then we should take that little extra step and not just assume that they know exactly what to do. They have tons of kids. So just helping them know your child's strength and areas of needs. And then also just helping your child advocate for themselves too. Yeah. And so that kind of brings me to my, um, to my last question is about the book that you wrote with your son, Mm. which I think is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I was I was hoping that you could talk about that just for a couple of minutes, just about what the book is about and um, and just like how it was collaborating with your son on the book. <laughs> Good question. OK, so um, there's so the book is uh, it's actually a journal and um, it, I was asked to write it by a publishing company. And I was, you know, I just had finished writing the second edition of my book and I was wanting a big fat nap. But when they told me what they wanted it to be on, which was a growth mindset for boys, I took a deep breath and I said, Hey Gabe, you know, do you, I've got this opportunity. Um, we have to write it in seven weeks. Uh, are you interested in doing that with me? And he, he said he wanted to, cause it's something, a growth mindset, um, is something that he really struggles with. And basically what it is, a growth mindset versus fixed mindset is, um, a growth mindset is the belief that you can change and grow and learn new things and learn from your mistakes to be able to achieve your goals um, by putting in a lot of effort and hard work. And a fixed mindset is the belief that you're born a certain way and it's not gonna change. And that can make you feel really stuck and uncomfortable and frustrated. Um, which has been really something that's been hard for him. And so I thought, you know, what a great way for us to, for him to learn more about that is to write a book about it. And so he was game. And um, honestly, 
it was really hard to write it with him. I will be completely honest because he, you know, it was like, because he struggles with this, it was laborious to be able to do the research and to sit down and focus for long periods of time. We even went out of town for a weekend to work on it. Um, and, um, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, but he, he kept plugging away and I chunked it out with his executive function challenges and just sort of said, here's the section you can work on. You can gather these quotes and maybe you can give some insight. I'll write this. You can read it and give it the teenagers, you know, approval because it's written for ages uh, eight through 12. It's all different prompts about learning about yourself, learning about your strengths, learning how you struggle in different ways and how you can become mindful and um, get over those hurdles and obstacles in life. Um, and because he has that sort of fixed mindset, he was always thinking about the outcome, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be an author and wow, I'm going to get some money for this and whatever else. So I had to like draw him back into the process and the effort. And that was really hard. I have to admit it was really hard, but he feels really good about it and it's gotten great positive feedback. And so, um, we did it. (laughs) It's really exciting. I mean, I think it's just also, I think really like a just like a great um, experience yeah. for, you know, for him to go through, to be writing this with you. And then, you know, I mean, it's, and to have you there to be doing it together as mother and son, I think is really special. So yeah, definitely. It'll be part of his story forever. And, um, and he can, you know, have it to look back on to do it. He did it himself. He wrote that he wrote, you know, all the prompts when it was finished and, um, and he feels really proud of it. So it was great. I'm happy it's out there. It's needed for sure. Great. So I'm so glad that you got to talk about um, all of your work. And before we finish up, is there anything that you wanted to add? And I'm going to have, by the way, I'm going to have all the links on my website for the parenting course, for the growth mindset book, um, also for your most recent book. Um, So I'm going to have all those links in there, but I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to add. No, I think, I mean, I made these card decks as well, one for emotional learning and one for social learning, because my mission really in general is, like I say, make it simple, make it stick, because like, there's just so much that's been thrown at us as parents in terms of like, you know, how to help our children. And it's overwhelming. And, you know, it feels like you're kind of throwing throwing spaghetti at the wall and just figuring out what's going to stick. And um, I just wanted to share the things in positive parenting and positive discipline, which is a big part of what I've gained a lot of my knowledge from, and also the social cognitive work that's out there in the field of speech pathology and neuroscience, um, and just really condense it to, to simple things that parents can do in the activities that they're already doing. So it's not an overwhelming add-on to their crazy routines and busy lives, but more of an add-in. And so it's... Um, that's my mission is just to make it simple and make it stick. And so, you know, it's the, again, you can pick a card from these card decks and just practice one, you know, way of changing the way that you, this one says power of yet, which is a growth mindset strategy and just telling your child, maybe we haven't learned that yet, but you know, you can kind of thing. And there's so many, you can pick a card or you can open it up to a section in the book that you're like maybe Halloween's you're thinking about is coming up. Look at the Halloween page, um, or you have a pet that you 
your child maybe interacts with. You can look look at how you can build social emotional learning through your interactions with your pets. Just keeping it simple and not feeling overwhelmed is what I just want parents to to take away. And that in itself is self-care for our overwhelmed parents and myself included is just not feeling like I have to do it all. It's just like, I can just do this one activity with my child. And I love doing that anyway, whether it's art or pets or nature or whatever. And I can turn that into a social, emotional and executive functioning boost. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So pat yourself on the back for all the things you're already doing. And then maybe just think about one new thing that you can try each week. Exactly. And I think that we all need reminders of that because, you know, when you're a parent for your child, you want to do as much as you can. And I know like when I'm training parents um, or coaching, you know, I'm coaching them, I'm talking about not feeling overwhelmed and we all get overwhelmed sometimes. So I think just getting that reminder that it's okay to not do like everything just to start with one thing is really, really important because even if you know that I could have like a sign across my entire while saying don't get overwhelmed, but it's, you know, sometimes it's like, I I need my own reminders to kind of, you know, just take things down and, you know, just do one, do things one at a time. Um, So I love that because we don't need to do a million strategies all the time. It's about maybe trying one and then have it being really functionally useful and not creating, you know, even have to creating other activities you don't normally do, just embedding those strategies into things that you're already doing. You know, so yeah, that's, you know, because it just, it seems less overwhelming um, to already embed things into, you know, already activities you're doing. So, and then, you know, too, if it's, if it's something that's helpful for yourself and your family and your child, and that's actually in our course, we have a, a journal. We have a wise journal actually for parents to sort of track their own self-care and mindfulness and do, do an assessment on where they might need to focus. And then we also have a journal for tracking the strategies that we suggest in the course. So to really just to see if you're doing one at a time, like, is it working? If not, then it's not one that's going to help things stick. So we have these sticky notes and we say, you know, pick the ones that are working. And that is that are the ones that those are the ones that go on the larger sticky note and then continue to use those. Great. Well, thank you so much for today. I think we got like a lot of great, um, useful tips and I'm excited for um, anyone listening to check out your website and to check out your parenting course and all your books because Elizabeth, I've known for a very long time and she is a wealth of knowledge. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So thank you so much. Um, Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. 